Hello and welcome to Dell Tech Markets Monday for the 25th of July 2016. Good morning those in the Americas, good afternoon those in Europe and good evening those in Asia. Today we'll be covering our agenda of looking at investment markets over the past week in what was a stronger week generally across risk assets. We'll also look at some of the key economic data points over the past week. The second area we'll touch on is the outlook for the coming week and what's going to be an incredibly important week from a policymaker's perspective with both the Bank of Japan and the FOMC uh, holding key meetings. Uh, thirdly, we'll touch on our investment idea for this week, which is a part of our Delphic Outlook series. We're taking a focused look at the United States, which is the economy and the market that we're most bullish on at the, this particular point in time. Uh, and finally, we'll update you on our current investment positioning, uh, which of course changed last week as a result of the publication of our quarter three uh, Delta quarterly global strategy outlook uh, entitled Island Time. So firstly, looking at investment markets over the past week, a rally in risk asset uh, really on the back of expected stimulus from this week's policy meetings, which drove risk assets higher. In equities, we saw emerging markets outperform developed markets, uh, although Turkey did fall sharply as a result of uh, the coup uh, that took place in that country uh, just over a week ago, uh, the attempted coup rather. Uh, so Turkey fell by 13.4%. Turkey uh, equities are a position that we're short w within our tactical portfolios for the Deltec uh, discretionary investment management clients uh, and our investment advisory clients uh, have continued to be advised to be short Turkey uh, over the past year. Uh, we're short from a Turkey equities perspective and effectively from a lira perspective as well given it's an unhedged or a hedge back in the US dollar position. So uh, a, a generally positive week in investment markets, uh, capping off uh, what's been a, quite a strong uh, last month in investment markets with the US market up 4.3%. Uh, if we look at fixed income markets, again, the rally in uh, risk assets continued into that asset class, high yield outperforming investment grade. So really what we're seeing across markets uh, when we look at uh, risk assets rallying is hopes of liquidity increasing uh, in this week's policy meetings. As well as that, in commodities, we saw the commodity complex mixed as oil and gold fell uh, and selected metals and agricultural commodities rose. And in currencies, the US dollar index rose slightly as all developed market currencies fell and emerging market currencies were mixed. The US dollar rising by 0.8%. It's up by almost 4% over the past month. Really, the, the move that we saw in markets, as I mentioned, was in, with expectations of more stimulus coming through in markets. But we actually didn't see that last week, and we don't expect that we'll see it from the Fed this week. In fact, we think the Fed's going to guide towards further tightening. Last week, from a policymaker perspective, we did have the ECB with their meeting. They left rates unchanged, as largely expected, uh, really, as we're still seeing the fallout from the Brexit, which is causing volatility in economic data. Looking at data across the US, firstly, though, the NHB housing market index came out at 59, below expectations. But against that, we saw housing starts and building permits building permits being a good leading indicator of housing starts, uh, rising above expectations and above the prior month. Of course, we've got an overweight housing position within our Deltec tactical portfolios. It's an area that we're bullish on from a cyclical perspective and from a secular perspective, uh, as outlined in our recent housing note entitled Game of Homes. Uh, in terms of industrial production in the US, data coming out above expectations as well with the market manufacturing PMI and the Chicago PMI coming out above expectations offsetting the slightly weaker Philadelphia Fed business outlook. As I mentioned, in Europe, we did see monetary policy remain unchanged. From a data perspective, PMI data was below expectations and below the prior month. So some of the fallout from Brexit is starting to impact in the July data. Uh, we saw the UK CBI, which is effectively like the PMI numbers out this morning, 
Whilst we didn't see too large a drop, uh, there was a decline. What was more worrying was the business outlook uh, or expectations index, which is really what businesses talk about with the outlook for their businesses over the next three to six months. There was a huge drop in that index, showing that there's clearly going to be some weakness in economic data in the UK and Europe, possibly more than what the market expects. Now, in our uh, latest uh, outlook of release last week, we did downgrade our expectations of Europe, uh, reduced that more to a neutral stance on the back of uh, our concern that data was going to be disappointing in the months ahead. That appears to already be starting to come together. And in Japan last week, uh, we did see consumption data, which was above the prior month, which is positive. Uh, really, what everyone's waiting there, though, is the uh, Bank of Japan this week. So segueing into this week's data, uh, the key data points will be, from a policymaker perspective, the FOMC meets. We are not expecting any change to monetary policy, but we are expecting that the Fed will jawbone the market back into expecting uh, a rate rise this year, or at the very uh, least, a rate rise in the early part of next year. Currently, the market is expecting a rate rise only towards the end of 2017. Uh, we continue to believe, as discussed on our call last week, that the Fed will raise rates once this year uh, and at least once next year, possibly twice or three times, depending on the strength of the economic data, uh, which is much more hawkish than what the market's expecting. Also, from a policymaker perspective this week, we've got the Bank of Japan. Now, Bank, the Bank of Japan lost policy credibility in quarter two and quarter one of this year. They are going to be looking to gain that back. We've seen Prime Minister Abe re-elected with a majority. He's already introduced fiscal stimulus uh, equivalent to 2% of GDP. The Bank of Japan's Governor Kuroda has spoken about how uh, he believes that monetary policy and fiscal policy should go hand in hand and work together. As such, we're expecting the Bank of Japan to increase stimulus this week. We believe that should result in a, uh, a somewhat weaker yen over the balance of this year. We've also already seen a, strong a sharp decline in the yen over the last three weeks, one of the sharpest declines that we've seen in over a decade. Uh, so a lot's been priced in already, but that the, the Bank of Japan stimulus, we we do believe, will add further downwards pressure to the yen. Uh, of course, the Japanese is an area that we are short within the tactical portfolios. We're also long Japanese equities from a hedged US dollar hedge position, both in our tactical portfolios and our core portfolios. So we're looking quite closely at this Bank of Japan meeting this week. Other than policy meetings this week, we do have further PMI indicators out from the US and new home sales data. Uh, which will really give us a better insight into the outlook for uh, growth momentum in the US uh, and the housing market. In Europe, we have a lot of confidence data, which will be the first survey after the Brexit vote, so it's, well, it's going to be European confidence data uh, for July, so that will give us a good idea for uh, how Europe's tracking in responding to Brexit. Uh, in Japan, we've, uh, other than the policy meeting, we've got uh, employment data and inflation data, and in China, we have industrial profits data uh, as well, so second-tier data there. So. A very important week, from uh, particularly from a policymaker's perspective, but also from a data perspective uh, across the world. Next, turning our attention to our investment idea for this week, it's a part of our Deltek Outlook series where we take a specific look at a uh, at a particular market. Today, we're looking at the United States, which, from an economic and a market perspective, remains uh, the area which we're most bullish on. So we'll go through a few points on the US and, and areas of the economy that we're, we're noting. But the main point to make is the economic expansion remains on track. Rising growth momentum that we're seeing in the US is being met by some rising risk, particularly on the political front. 
We are seeing that growth momentum is improving. It will soon reach a peak simply because of where we are cyclically. The ISM new orders is already up uh, above 55. It doesn't tend to go above 60. Uh, so we're, uh, new orders and, uh, and growth momentum is improving but towards the peak. Uh, and liquidity conditions generally have been favourable. So the US generally looks quite good, but let's look into some of the detail. Firstly, looking at employment markets, and we've outlined some important charts on page six of the presentation pack uh, released this morning to our Deltec research subscription uh, participants. Uh, what we're seeing is that the, our, our composite leading indicator of employment is still consistent with above 100,000 jobs being created. Uh, of course, last month there was 287,000 with the non-farm payrolls. Uh, with policy uncertainty rising, though, that may temper off, but we're still looking at over 100,000 jobs being created uh, per month in the US, which is a, a huge number, uh, really, compared to the rest of the world. What that's doing is that's actually leading into stronger wages growth, and we're seeing that on slide seven. We're seeing a consistent improvement in wages growth, and over the next few months, we're looking at wages growth or wage inflation, which we're more concerned about, being at the highest level it's been in over a decade, and really, as it continues to rise uh, up towards 4% annualised, we'll be looking at the highest rate of wages growth we've seen in two decades. As such, we're seeing average hourly earnings continue their slow march upwards as well. So we're clearly seeing signs of domestic inflation pressure within the US, and as well as that, imported inflation, previously a problem in the US, is actually now, as in previously being deflationary in the US, is actually starting to dissipate. So the imported deflation that we're seeing is starting to dissipate. You couple that with stronger domestic inflation. And what we're looking at right now on slide nine is a clear signal that the US Federal Reserve has to start to raise rates. As I made the comment last week, this has been the least data-dependent Fed that we've seen ever. And right now, if we look at some of the wages and inflationary charts versus the Fed funds rate on page nine, you can see that clearly uh, we are going to see rates start to rise in the US. Couple that with the fact that the US trade deficit is not expanding as much. And generally, we're looking at slower US dollar liquidity growth in the US and more importantly, around the world. So employment in the US is improving. That's leading to an improvement in inflation that should lead to higher rates. What about if we look at some of the elements of the economy from a sectoral perspective? Well, firstly, looking at consumption. The stronger nominal wages growth combined with lower gasoline prices is now leading to the strongest wages growth that we've seen in over a decade for the US. If we combine that with strong consumer confidence, which you can see on slide 13, it's consistent with uh, consum the, the consumption in the US picking up by around 5% per annum. That would be the strongest rate of consumption that we've seen in over a decade in the US. So we're positive on the broader consumption and retail sector within the US. Next, turning our attention to the housing market, these very strong income dynamics are clearly favorable for consumption and for potential homeowners. Couple that with house prices to incomes that are below the average, so undervalued housing, and the fact that we've got very, very low mortgage rates sets up for a very positive demand scenario for US housing. As well as that, on slide 15, we can see that the months of supply for homes for sale is very, very low and household vacancy rates continue to decline, as shown on page 16. So clearly, we're going to see a stronger residential property market in the US with these strong income, interest rates, and supply demand dynamics. So we're positive on US housing, and it's a, actually the sector which we're most positive on within the US economy from a cyclical and a secular perspective. That's not to make the mistake that we're positive on all property. In fact, if we look at commercial real estate, there are some signs of concern starting to brew. On page 16, the bottom panel shows that commercial real estate lending standards are starting to tighten. So that's an area of risk that we are watching within the property market in the US. 
So we've covered housing, we've covered consumption. Next, turning our attention to industrial production. The ISM new orders has picked up substantially. We do expect it will continue to improve over the coming months. So we're looking at an industrial production cycle that's really just getting started in the US. On page 19, we can see that the industrial production cycle is trough, as the top panel shows. And the bottom panel shows that the average cycle length is 26.8 months for an industrial production expansion within the US. The current cycle has lasted only seven months. Now, we do note that cycles are becoming shorter and more volatile because of increased policy uncertainty, but this is still very early stages within the industrial production cycle, with us preferring domestically exposed industrials rather than globally exposed ones. Finally, turning our attention to capital expenditure and, product, and productivity, we've said for quite some time that productivity growth remains the single biggest opportunity within the US economy. Slide 21, the top panel, shows that productivity growth right now is languishing close to 60-year lows if we take out that period in the early 1980s. Now, there's two ways for, to really get productivity growth improving. Firstly is to cut staff, but we know that we've already seen staff being cut, and in fact, staff are being added as we spoke about in the employment section earlier, and labour share of GDP starting to rise. The second way of increasing productivity is investing in productive assets. We can see that right now the US has the need to invest. Investment share of GDP, as the top panel of page 22 shows, is one and a half standard deviations below trend. Instead of investing though, corporates have been buying back shares. As the bottom panel of page 22 shows that corporates have been buying back shares at the strongest pace since pre-financial crisis levels. So corporates clearly have the need to invest, but they're just not doing that. Do they have the means to invest? They still do. If we look at corporate free cash flows X of these buybacks on the bottom panel of page 23, we are seeing clearly enough corporate free cash flows to come through and invest. The biggest issue is that leading indicators of CapEx are still not yet improving. Slide 27 shows that leading indicators of CapEx are actually falling and continue to languish. Corporates are choosing, instead of investing in CapEx, to go and buy back shares and engage in M&A activity, with a few notable deals being announced over the past few days, including the Verizon deal this morning, where Verizon is choosing to acquire rather than invest further. So clearly we're seeing the need to invest and the means to invest. What we likely need to see is lower policy uncertainty and a stronger improvement in the, uh, in the cycle from a consumption perspective and an industrial production perspective to encourage that investment to come through. So it's not all rosy for the US, but we are seeing clear areas of strength. We conclude on the US by saying we're still in a positive cyclical and, and secular dynamic. Policy uncertainty is rising, which will, which will soon start to impact the cycle, but, but we believe that consumption, housing and industrial production will work its way through that policy uncertainty. CapEx remains an area of weakness, but something that we continue to watch as it is uh, representing a clear opportunity for the future to improve productivity growth. So from a sectoral perspective, our preference is for housing, consumer discretionary, technology, selected financials and selected industrials. And we're negative on utilities and REITs. Clearly a tighter interest rate environment will lead to a negative impact on long duration assets, including REITs and including utilities. So we're positive on the US. Finally, turning our attention to our investment positioning for core portfolios, tactical portfolios and opportunistic portfolios, we remain positive on equities over cash and liquids and fixed income. We've recently tempered our view on equities with the view that equities valuations are very high in absolute term and risks are rising. 
In relative terms, we still have a clear preference for equities, though, because bonds are simply far more expensive, and in a rising interest rate environment, bonds will clearly be the most negatively impacted asset, which is why we retain our preference for equities. Still positive, still overweight, just less positive than we were before. The balance of that money has been put into cash and liquids to take advantage of rising interest rates, and then we have an underweight preference towards fixed income and real assets. I'll leave it there and open it up to any questions. Any questions from the phone line? Okay, if there's no questions, uh, thank you everyone for your time. If you do have any follow-up queries, please feel free to contact either myself or your Deltec representative. Uh, for a copy of that Deltec Outlook, contact either of us as well, and as well as that for the quarter three Outlook published last week. Thanks everyone and have a great week.